I want to remind your listeners the whole point of this audio interview and delivering audio interviews online is to free up your time. You don't want to be sitting there answering the same questions over and over again. There's lots of better things you can be doing, like going down to the bay, going running, having lunch with your wife, playing with your kids. The whole point and the most valuable thing these audio interviews have done for me is to free up my time. Hi, I'm Michael Sinoff, founder and CEO of HardToFindSeminars.com. For the last five years, I've interviewed the world's best business and marketing minds. Along the way, I've created a successful publishing business, all from home from my two-car garage. When my first child was born, he was very sick, and it was then that I knew I had to have a business that I could operate from home. Now my challenge is to build the world's largest free resource for online, downloadable audio business interviews. I knew I needed a site that contained strategies, solutions, and inside angles to help you live better, to save and make more money, to stay healthier, and to get more out of life. Internet marketing and marketing in general can be a minefield. Thousands of people every day lose their shirts trying. I've learned a lot in the last five years, and today I'm going to show you the skills you need to survive. Hi, it's Michael Sinoff with Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. In the next two-hour interview, you're going to hear my friend and colleague, Ben Settle, grill me like no one else has ever grilled me before on all my secrets on how I make money doing audio interviews. This is Ben Settle of BenSettle.com, and today I'm interviewing my friend and one of my personal marketing go-to guys, Michael Senoff with HardToFindSeminars.com about how to create your own high-ticket information product using audio interviews. Michael has created over 200 information products over the past few years, including one that sells for $5,970, and he did it without having to be an expert on the subject or spend a lot of time or resources. In fact, I've worked with Michael on several projects, and it never ceases to amaze me how he dashes out these high-quality and high-ticket products so fast. And best of all, he's also an expert at showing other people how to do the same thing. You don't need to be an expert at anything. You don't need any fancy speaking or editing skills. And you certainly don't need a lot of money or resources to do this. Just follow the recipe Michael is going to give you, and you'll have a product within just a few days, maybe even just a few hours, that you can start selling for $100, $500,000 or more. I've seen him do it many, many times, and he's going to show us how to do it right now. So with that said, Michael, thank you for doing this, and how are you? Ben, I'm doing good. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. It was very kind of you. I appreciate it. Well, I've learned an awful lot from you about the subject, and I know a lot of people listening to this are looking for good ways to get started. And maybe they have an e-book or just an idea, and they would love to just have a product created where they can start selling it and making some good money, but they don't know where to begin. Well, sometimes it takes people a little time to get going, and I'll use you as a perfect example. We've been talking about this stuff for probably three or four years now, and I'm proud of you, Ben, because you are finally doing it. I think you're probably kicking yourself. You wish you had been doing this two or three years ago because you would 
have a mountain of stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. And it's exciting. You start doing it, and you start seeing results, and oh, my God. I wonder Michael's been doing this for so long. <laughs> well, hopefully we can show your listeners how easy it is and some of the magic that happens by starting to do audio interviews and using audio to sell and market. You know what? I'm going to challenge you on something here, because you make a pretty big claim on your site that you can show people how to turn a $28 book into a $3,900 product. Now, how do you do that, and what is that all about? There is a lot to it, but I'll give you a simplified version. I think the best way to do it is to use an example of how I've done this in the form of a story. And I'll talk about one of my high-end selling products, and it's called the HMA Marketing Consulting System. This is a home study training where we train people to become marketing consultants. We have consultants all over the world who have bought into this home study system. I started marketing it in the end of 2004, and every year we're generating more and more sales all automatically. Now, there was a lot of work at the very beginning, a lot of audio interviews, but the main outline of this HMA marketing system was in the form of a book that sold on Amazon for about $10. And I found a marketing expert who wrote this book, just like there's millions of experts who have tremendous expertise, and because they're not as educated as you or I about direct marketing and the information product industry and this kind of niche that anyone listening is so lucky to be involved in because 99.9% of the population have no idea about. So they go the traditional route, and experts believe that the very first thing they need to do is to put all their knowledge into a book, and that's what most people do. Well, you can go to any expert, just like I found this expert who had this book, and I approached him, and I said, how would you like to take that book, and let's turn it into a marketing consulting system. Now, I do want to add that he had already turned his book into a system of videos that he was training people to do marketing consulting, but he had no online presence, so he had a book, and he had a set of videos, and he was putting people through a training, but when I contacted him, he was doing nothing with that. So when I approached him, I said, I will do all the marketing, and I'll take your fundamental ideas on marketing consulting, and I would like to use audio interviews with you and use the marketing that I know how to do to build the value of this book, to increase it into an information product that can be delivered both online and in physical form. And that is what I have and have been marketing for the last three years called the HMA Marketing Consulting System. Okay, Michael, what is it that you did first, and how did you come up with the outline for the HMA system? So in a nutshell, first I negotiated a deal. I told him I was going to do all the marketing using my skills to do audio interviews, and he agreed. And then the very first thing I did is I said, let's do an interview. So I took his outline of his book, and we did an audio interview, and I turned the outline in the chapters of his book into questions, and I simply asked him the questions, sat back, listened. I recorded the interviews digitally, and that was the start of me increasing the value of that 28 book. Now, over the years, I've still been working on doing more audio interviews on the subject, building more and more value. I talk about the more you talk, the more you make. The more audio interviews you have, the more information you have on the subject, the more valuable it becomes. And we'll talk about why this is in some of the other questions. But in essence, you can find any expert who has a book. You can look at the outline of that book. You can take the outline or subjects in the index, turn them into forms of questions. 
questions, simply invite them to do an interview, or if you've negotiated a deal with them where they understand that you are going to interview them and take their knowledge that they've put into that book or any other knowledge that they have, and you simply start interviewing. You simply start asking questions and canning and cloning it, and that's a term from the late, great Gary Halbert. You've got to capture that interview, that audio, that words into a recording, whether it's on one of those old cassette tape recorders or a digital recorder today that you can pick up at Radio Shack for 50 bucks. And once you have that raw material in the film industry, that tape that they would call it, you've got gold because you can take that information and you could start polishing it. You could start editing it if you choose. You could start packaging it. You could start turning it into transcripts. You could take that raw content and build value with it. So that's in a nutshell what I've done with the HMA system, and we'll probably talk more about that in detail. Now, you talk a lot about audio. Why not video or text or something else? What makes audio the best format for doing this? You know, when I interviewed Vic Conan from Nightingale Conan, he's the son of the founder of Nightingale Conan, the largest distributor and publisher of audio information products. And in the interview, he talks about how audio is so forgiving because you can listen to something and you can press the rewind button and listen to it again. Can we play a short clip of uh, that audio interview you did with Vic Conan? Sure, sure, we'll do that. Here it comes. Hi, it's Michael Sinoff from Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. You're in for a treat. I had the pleasure of interviewing Vic Conant, president of Nightingale Conant. Nightingale Conant is the world's largest producer and publisher of personal development products. For over 45 years, they've been bringing people the information, skills, and motivation they need to create the life of their dreams. The difference between radio and TV, obviously you're in the mainly audio-only market. What kind of advantages do you see for marketing your audio as compared to a visual medium more like videos and TV? We've experimented a lot with video. We certainly have videos, but for our audience, who tend to be people on the go and people in their cars a lot, and they just tend to not want to take the time to sit down and watch a video. The audio medium is just so convenient. It's so easy to use, and when you can't sit down and read a book or you can't sit down and watch a video, and when you're on the move or exercising or in your car or doing housework. There's so many places you can have a headset and your Walkman or in your car you can just put it in your CD player and it's so convenient to be able to listen and as we say when your hands are busy but your mind isn't and they also have the great advantage unlike a book which most people are lucky if they ever read a great book and the chances of rereading it are very unlikely. A lot of people get into the audio listening process and find that it's very valuable to have have the opportunity to replay an idea that they just heard or actually replay the whole message over and over. We have customers who have listened to Lead the Field from Real Nightingale, I don't want to say hundreds of times, but there are people who have reported hundreds of times, or they actually wear out the program and buy another one. That's unusual, but it does lend itself to re-listening, and we do need reminding. A great benefit of our minds is that we forget. We forget our failures when we have something that's very embarrassing that's happened to us, and we think we're going to die, and a month or two later, it's gone from our minds. So that's a positive, but when we come up with an idea that really positively changes us and we want to remember the idea, we tend to also forget that. And so these messages are easily re-listened to where a person can remind themselves. Now that is wild. 
But it just shows you if someone is interested in something and you're giving some value, delivering it through an audio and especially through an audio interview is the easiest way to get it in their head. And let me tell you, marketing is about getting your information inside the mind of your prospect. It's about mind share and delivering it through audio in a convenient way for your listener that makes his life easy and convenient where he can still do other things. You're going to have a better chance of getting your information, your sales pitch, your ideas in his head. I started with audio because I'm not really that technical of a guy. In my mind, if I was going to be doing a video and you're doing interviews with video, you need camera equipment, you need to go on location, you need to have a lot more skill in the editing process. It was just way out of my league, technically. I didn't even consider it because there was no way I was willing to work that hard to do video production. And there's also some other reasons. Recording audio is easy. All you need is your digital recorder and your little device that you get from Radio Shack. And just like we've done today, before we started talking, I know you're recording digitally, Ben. All you had to do was press that button that says record. And I've done the same thing. I'm looking at my Sony little digital recorder that I picked up years ago for under 100 bucks from Circuit City. And this is my workhorse. This is really when I started kicking butt with my audio recordings. Because before I realized that these little devices were out there, I was using a piece of software online that was a lot more inferior. If anyone's listened to some of the early recordings on my site, you can hear the difference in the quality. And there were problems with that. I didn't have a reliable way to record interviews by phone. And there's an interview with a guy named Jason Ryan Isaacson who interviewed me. And I have to thank him because he's the one who turned me on to this. And that really freed me up for doing audio interviews without any hassle and without any problems. Also, audio is a lot more natural. It's me and you talking on the phone. You're asking me questions. I'm answering them. And this is the natural state of conversation. With video, there's a lot more production, a lot more scripting, a lot more storyboards. It's not as easy. The interview style is proven to work since the beginning of TV. You know, Eugene Schwartz talks about one of the very first infomercials probably ever done was called The Piano Man. It was actually a video infomercial, but it was in the interview style. Look at Oprah Winfrey. Look at all the top leading interviewers out there. It's interview style. And the reason I think is because because it's normal conversation. It's what we've grown up with, listening to our parents or our brothers and sisters or people talking. It's not out of the ordinary, so it doesn't come across pushy or salesy. It's just what we're used to, that natural conversation. And it's a great way to sell and a great way to deliver information. Another wonderful reason with digital audio is it's mobile. And I wouldn't probably say this five years ago, but think about it now. You see the commercials. You see all the digital devices the PDAs, the cell phones, the iPod Nano, and the MP3 players. These devices are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Now with downloadable audio and MP3 files and the ability to deliver them to your market as simply as downloading it from the Internet, you have a better outlet for distributing your audio. And audio can be listened to while you're multitasking, while you're exercising, while you're sitting at your desk working. So I believe it gets more listenership than a video would because video you have to have your eyeballs on the screen and your ears engaged and you can't multitask and do that you have to have all your attention audio can be turned into a cd that can be played in the car and you could have someone's full attention and have them listening on cd these are a couple of the other advantages as well
You're listening to an exclusive interview found on Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. What you're saying about audio is you have more chances to sell a person on something because you may only watch a video once or twice because the TV is always in use by someone else. But you're driving your car around and stuff. You're bringing that CD with you. And this is for sales pitches, obviously. But I've been sold on, like, Dan Kennedy's magnetic marketing thing. I've heard that audio probably ten times. i got to get this thing, and I finally bought it. Had that been video, I probably never would have bought it that fast. And something else you said, look at the format of a Q&A. Going back to Eugene Schwartz there, his book, he talks about adopting and borrowing formats from media that people are already convinced to trust, like a newspaper. You'd make your ad look like a newspaper article. You don't want to make it look like an ad. Well, if you're putting a sales pitch within the structure of a Q&A, it doesn't look like a sales pitch. You're delivering it almost just like an editorial-style ad in the newspaper. Yeah, I agree. Look at the news, which people are conditioned to trust. You know, you've got news anchors delivering direct content to you, but when there's reporters on location, you have a Q&A style delivery. You've got the anchor asking the on-location reporter questions. It is an interview between anchor and reporter, and people are certainly conditioned to believe the news, and certainly feature articles and magazines are Q&A style. The question and answer style to deliver information is proven, tried, and true, and people are conditioned to trust it, and it works. For information publishers and even for copywriters to gain intelligence in their research, I mean, copywriters, let's face it, you know, research is most of your work right there, and if you're not getting the answers to what your market wants around your product, then you're going to fail, and there's no other way to get those answers but to ask questions if you're doing the actual interviewing. Questions are the answer. Now, what if someone doesn't have a book and maybe they just have an idea? Can they still use the methods that you use to create your product with? The one fear that will stop people in their tracks from creating audio products or creating any products is, number one, they believe they have to be the expert. And they don't have to be the expert. They don't have to know anything. And you want it this way. Just about all of the products on my site, except for one, I position myself as not being the expert. I find the experts, and I'm just the guy asking the questions. I'm just a deliverer of the answers for my potential customers and prospects. Look through my site. You'll see that the only subject I position myself as an expert is on how to create information products using audio and using the audio interview format. And I claim to be an expert because I've done it so many times. And it's real important when you're creating information products, don't be the expert. Get rid of your ego and you just be the deliverer of the information. And all you got to be is the guy who asks the expert the questions. Just like in this interview, you're bringing expert content to your listeners, but you're just been settled. You're asking the expert that question. And I'm sure you'll agree you found some magic in that when it comes to maybe promoting a product that your expert offers. And the magic is you interviewing the experts elevates your expert status. Even though you're not positioned as an expert, people perceive you to be more of an expert on the subjects of the people you're interviewing. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
that's the trick. That's the magic that people don't understand what will happen. But the reality is, I'm not much of an expert at anything except for asking good questions and creating and editing good audio content. But because I have so much of it, the magic is I'm perceived as this amazing, world-class marketing expert. I would say you are perceived, you told me about this before, as a celebrity, actually, that people call you up and say, whoa, I'm actually talking to you. I've heard all your interviews and all that. This is just the magic of good marketing. This is the result of good marketing. I view myself as a somewhat average guy. I work hard. I love what I do. And the audio that I create, I do want it to be the best. But this is nothing any of your listeners can't do. If you're absolute proof of it, then you are doing it. You're doing a great job. And you're going to be amazed as you continue to pile on more audio, more good content at the results it brings. When I ask the question, too, you know, if you don't have a book, you just have an idea, you know, something that you reminded me of, you mentioned the barter thing. I mean, that was a product that you and I joined venture with, and we sold for, what, $1,500? Yeah. And that's a 45-minute interview. That's basically the system. I mean, it's not like it took you years to create that. I mean, it was like a day, wasn't it? It was a day. I'll tell you exactly what it is, and there's some good points. We can talk about that product, Barter Secrets. This is a product that teaches people about the barter industry. It's like a trade club. There's members all over the United States and all over the world who join this common club, kind of like eBay. You know, anyone who signs up with eBay, they're a member of the eBay organization, and they choose to buy products from each other. What's great about that for eBay? Because every time someone buys a product on eBay, eBay makes a little piece of the action, right? They make a percentage of the growth sale, depending on how much the product sold for, and they make money on listing fees and subscription fees and products and services that they sell, right? Well, barter is the same thing. Look at the barter industry. There's a company called ITEX. ITEX is a trade organization. Kind of compare them as eBay. So ITEX has tens of thousands of members all over the country, and they're inclined to buy from each other. And with barter, you buy with trade credits, which are kind of like dollars, but they're dollars that can only be used within the barter organization. And I had learned a couple different lessons, one playing a Monopoly game, how valuable these dollars were, and then. And I had learned how to buy these dollars at a discount because the dollars didn't have as much value as a regular U.S. dollar. You could spend a green dollar anywhere in the world, and it's got value. It's spendable. But in the Monopoly game I was playing, you could only spend your Monopoly money with the other three or four people you're playing with. So there's not as much value. But I learned a little trick from someone when I was asking questions from someone who had more experience in the barter industry that I had. And she said something. She goes, oh, you could just buy these trade dollars from other barter members at a discount. And I said, really? And I had her turn me on to her source for trade dollars, and sure enough, it was true. I was able to buy trade dollars for up to 80% off the value. And I had a free recording on my website that explained this concept on how to do it, and I had a gentleman out of Washington who contacted me and who wanted consulting specifically how to do this. I think he paid me $700 for the consulting, and I explained to him in detail exactly how to do that. And that one recording that he paid me, he paid me $700 to do this consult. I turned on my digital recorder, got his permission to use it, recorded it. So I had a product that someone paid $700 for. That one interview of me explaining this technique became the foundation of our Barter Secrets product. It was just one 45-minute recording. Remember Rob from Washington? Yeah, yeah. 
But how did I use audio to increase the value? What did we first start selling that product at? Two ninety seven? It was really cheap for what it is now. I don't remember the price. I think I even had it for free up on the site, right? You did originally. Okay. It went from being a free recording on my site, then it went into being a product that sold for two hundred and ninety seven dollars. And then we started to increase the product. But before we increased the product, we had to increase the value of the product. What is the simplest way? Any of your listeners can increase the value of a product without too much time and without a headache. More audio interviews. So when we sold the product for $297, it came with an hour consultation with me. So as we started selling the product, people were calling for one-on-one consultations. And they all had different questions, things they didn't understand. They all had different ideas. And I did consultations with their permission. I recorded each one of the consultations. And I think we must have eight hours of our best one-on-one consultations on this one concept. So now a 145-minute interview recording turns into eight additional one-on-one consultations on the subject of how to buy these trade dollars at a discount and how to do barter. I also did additional interviews with experts in the retail barter industry. So every time I did an interview, I increased the value of the product. And then we increased the product. 497 and now we've increased the product. It's $1,497. And I'm sure it'll probably go up as you add even more. As I add more. As a matter of fact, then I just had a call from, I don't know if you remember Marcelo. He was one of the students and he contacted me and I haven't talked to him in years. He's one of the one-hour consults. He had a lot of questions. I remember that consult that he didn't understand and he called me yesterday and I have an additional 20 minutes of consulting that I'm going to tack on to the end of that original recording that we did years ago about a successful transaction that he did and some problems he had as well. So this just proves you could start with something that may even only be a half-hour consultation you're giving a client, and you can start selling that and then build on it from there and just keep increasing the value. Your listeners are talking on the phone every day, and if they're not capturing and cloning and they're not recording their calls, they're not recording their question and answers, the same ones they're giving over and over again, if they're not recording their free advice they're doing out for no money, and they're consulting that they're probably doing by phone for free automatically, They need to go to Circuit City or go on eBay and just buy themselves a digital recorder and get the thing from Radio Shack so they can start recording their calls. Even if they turn the recorder on and just start saving and collecting the recordings. Now, you always want to get permission to record the call from the people you're talking to, but just by pressing that little record button, you are capturing gold. You are capturing value that you can use and create into information products. Now, going on that, another thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm really glad you were talking about that, was how do you arrange it with the people that you're interviewing so that you can keep the rights and you don't have to pay them a royalty or anything like that? When I first started, I had this audio release agreement that I used to use, but I found that was a real pain in the butt. So if you contact me and you said, hey, Michael, you want to do an interview, and let's say we didn't know each other that well, and I said yes, you're going to be all paranoid because you want to market and maybe sell this interview down the road or repackage it. You want the rights and you'd have to send me this legal agreement. And, you know, that's going to be a deal killer 50% of the time because little agreements and contracts like that scare people. So the way I handled it, I didn't even mention anything about rights unless you're getting into larger products. That's something you want to discuss. But on the day of the interview,
interview, when you first talk and you get ready to do the interview, you go, I'm going to start recording now, and you press your record button, and like I would say, Ben, now you understand you're being recorded, and you say yes, and you understand that I'm going to interview you on this subject, and you understand that I have the full rights to do whatever I want with this interview. I can sell it, I can market it, I can package it, and you understand you do not have the rights to do anything with it. You make the terms, okay? Does anyone ever challenge on that and say, well, wait a minute, why can't I use it too? Anything's negotiable. You know, I'm just saying, depending on what you want to do, whatever you want, you can negotiate it right there before the call, and you have it in a recording, and you've got an agreement, a legal agreement between two people. Now, we could talk about that negotiating rights and how to do that a little bit later if you want. But, yeah, I was just thinking, I guess if worst comes to worst, you could just say, look, we both have the rights to do whatever we want. Chances are they're not going to do anything with it. You know, as you get more experience under your belt and as you become more confident and as you have more successes, you're going to ask more for what you want. A lot of people who don't have the confidence and they start doing interviews, they're viewing it as the person you're interviewing is doing them the favor. The reason the interview process works is they're agreeing to an interview because they know that they're going to get some potential exposure. It's no different than the press and the media or when Oprah has on stars, they come onto her show, not just to come onto her show, they come onto the show because they've got a new movie coming out, like Sean Penn's got a new movie coming out. You doing interviews, there's got to be something in it for the person who's doing the interview with you, and that's going to be that promotion. More exposure of their name, you may want to agree to do a joint venture where you promote their product, so there does have to be something in it for them, but what's really important is have the attitude from the start that you're doing them the favor, they're not doing you the favor, and that'll take you a long way. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You mentioned the HMA system and the barter system. Can you give us some more examples of how you created high-ticket products like this? My highest-end product is when I'm actually working with clients to create an entire information product. Now, we could talk about a story of one that I did. I had done an interview with a gentleman named Joe McVoy, and he is a marketing expert, and he had tons of experience of selling products into Walmart. And after the first interview, we were talking, and we said, man, we should create a product on how to get into Walmart. And he said, well, I have an entire outline for a product already written up in outline form of how to do that. And I go, really? And so we negotiated a deal. And on the negotiating part, I'll tell you exactly how we did this in a nutshell. I agreed to co-create this product with him. I would be the interviewer. I would do all the production of the audio interviews. I would do all the editing. I would create audio transcripts and put the entire package together, the CD artwork and the promotion in this copy in the sales letter. He agreed to participate as the expert and to be interviewed. And what we negotiated was he would have total rights to the product to market and sell, and then I would have total rights to the product to market and sell. We agreed to private label the product where he called it one thing, I called it another thing, and we both would be rewarded based on our ability to market. And that was a great negotiation. So this is a perfect example of how to negotiate a win-win deal. 
And as your confidence increases and you realize that you can interview anyone and be able to create any kind of information product you want, you're going to want to get paid more for your own time and for your performance. So I would tell you again, I keep coming back to confidence. Imagine that you have the confidence already and that you really are an expert at interviewing because all you need to be able to do is ask the questions and you'll make more money from your negotiations because you'll negotiate it right. Plus, I've got a great recording on negotiating on my site, which any one of your listeners should listen to. Okay. Can you give me another example of another product? Now, here's another product that I marked on my site, and I'm going to tell you the story of how this all came about, kind of similar to how I did the HMA. Four or five years ago, I was selling products on eBay, and I was looking for seminars on eBay to sell, and I found the guy selling this business buying course. And I contacted him, and I said, yeah, I'm really interested in this business buying course. How many of these things do you have? And the guy's name was Art Hamill. Now, back in the mid-80s, 1985, this guy was all over TV. He was in the seminar business putting people through a seminar. He put over 100,000 people through a seminar in Southern California area on how to buy a business. He was traveling on the seminar circuit with Robert Allen and E. Joseph Kosman, and this guy was a big wheel back in the mid-80s, but he had just turned 70, and he was dumping all his remaining inventory, and I was looking for products to sell on my site, and that very first time I talked to him, he allowed me to interview him, and anyone can listen to that very first interview up on my site, but I met him through eBay. He already had a seminar product. He was clearly an expert, and I bought his remaining inventory on cassette tape. And for years, I must have sold a couple hundred of them in its original form until we ran out of them. And then I got the exclusive rights to remaster those cassette tapes into a digital product. We had it put on CD. We turned his workbook into a digital workbook. We had transcripts made. I took a his 12 cassette tapes, I had them transcribed right there. I increased the value of his product by having the audio transcripts of his cassette tapes. I took his cassette tapes and turned them into digital products, so now they could be digitally downloaded from the Internet. It was now a more convenient way for the customer to absorb and digest the information rather than listening on cassette tape or rather than listening on a CD, therefore increasing the value again. I took the workbook, which was in a three-ring binder, and had that digitized into a PDF which made it more accessible for people with a laptop or people who were online to go through the audio, therefore increasing the value again. Now, I increased the value three times right there without doing one interview, but I did start doing interviews with them. Since 2004, I've done eight additional audio interviews with Art Hamill to promote the course, but here's the catcher. We give away specifics on how to buy a million-dollar business for free, and I give them away for free in the form of audio interviews up on my site. And Ben, you and I worked on this, and you created a sales letter for the product, which we have pasted right under all those free audio interviews. Now, if I have a chance to gain some mind share and get in the head of those people interested in owning their own business, and they want to learn from an expert, and I've given away 12 or 13 hours of free audio interviews, transcripts that they can download, I'm getting mind share. I've got their attention. There's no resistance for them to listen to the information from my expert, and I have a better chance of selling them that product, the workbook, the course, and then some additional bonuses, which they don't get for free, and we started selling that product for $297, then we increased the price to $497, and now we're up to $1,497, it's a $1,500 product, which is making us more money than when we were 
selling it for the lower price. You know, another good thing you did with that was when we first started selling that, we were getting questions from people. Well, what about business plans? What about this? And so what you did is we just found some more experts to interview and then added that right to the course just using audio. That's right. If you're creating information products and you're using an outline of a book or stuff that an expert has, there's another way which we describe in detail in my audio marketing secrets product. Let's say Art Hamill didn't cover some subjects that we were getting questions from students. Then all I had to do was find another expert and interview them and include that in the package. So another great way of increasing and bumping up the value of your existing product is to do additional interviews with other experts other than your main expert of the product you're selling. So we did. We did interviews on financing with a bank financer. We did two additional interviews with angel investors, one from the UK, one from Australia. Another thing, which I thought was the question you were going to ask, which is really valuable for online marketers, when I would get questions about the course from students, I would get lists and lists of questions, okay? And I would save up all these questions, and the three of the interviews, I have question and answer part one, part two, and part three with Art Hamill. I would have all the questions from the students, and I'd call Art, and I'd go, Art, I've got some more questions from the students. Why don't we just record these, and then we've got them up there, and we don't have to keep answering them. And I'd ask him the questions directly from the students, and he would answer those. And those became question and answer interviews, answering the specific questions from the specific students of exactly what they want to know. So answering the questions about your products that you're selling can become interviews that will help you sell your product, but more importantly, it puts your sales process on automatic because those question and answers are sitting right there for your prospect to listen to in the form of an audio or to read in transcript form. And I want to remind your listeners the whole point of this audio interview and delivering audio interviews online is to free up your time. You don't want to be sitting there answering the same questions over and over again. There's lots of better things you can be doing, like going down to the bay, going running, having lunch with your wife, playing with your kids. The whole point and the most valuable thing these audio interviews have done for me is to free up my time. And again, I'll go back. By you not having a recording device to record the things that you're saying over and over and over again, wasting time is a shame. You need to start capturing that and leveraging your time by delivering the answers to things that you're doing manually in the form of digital audio on a website. The next question I have for you is, and I know a lot of people probably thinking this, well, how long does it take to create these things? For more exclusive interviews on business, marketing, advertising, and copywriting, go to Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. That all depends. It depends on the price of the product. It depends on how detailed the product is. It depends on how much time you want to put into it. We'll use the example of the first Barter Secrets recording when I did that 45-minute interview with Rob. That only took 45 minutes to do the audio interview. And I didn't have to edit it. You know, it could be raw, unedited, and it could have still sold for the same price. I'll give you another example. I took on a client, a guy named J.D. Miller, who is a CPA, and he approached me to develop a full-on information product on all his teachings on financial mastery and investing strategy. And I will tell you, if you're creating products with clients using audio interviews, give yourself twice the time that you think it's going to take. We started this time last year, and we agreed that we would have it finished by January. So three or four months was the ETA for the time.
time, and we're not even finished yet. It's almost a year later. So when you're developing full-on information products, it can take several months, maybe even uh, half a year. It depends on how much stuff you're doing. And I guess the mistakes that I made and that I would do differently when committing to a big project like that is, number one, I would always get at least half your money up front before you start the project. Number two, I would get a schedule that they can commit to of what we're going to do, when, and I would get a time of when the product is to be complete. And I would get an agreement in writing. See, I'm always ready to go to create the product on time. And your copywriters can probably relate to this when they're hired to do copywriting. You know, you're probably ready to go to do the copywriting, but you're kind of at the mercy of getting all the information you need from them. They have to prepare, and they're the ones dragging their feet. So it's real important to get half the money up front and to get a time commitment. And if they can't fulfill to the time commitment, if you're on payments, that they have to pay you a certain amount. So they got to have some leverage. they got to have some money in the game to keep them from dragging their feet. So this is if you were going to do this for someone else. It's like a service. Yeah, that's the high end. The longest it's ever taken can be a year. I just completed a product with Nick Gilbert called Gorilla Internet Marketing Tactics. It's a product on internet marketing. And that took us probably three months to do. It consists of about 10 hours of audio recordings and audio interviews. But I want to tell you, and this is really important, your product's really never done because you can always keep increasing the value of it. For instance, with Nick, maybe today or maybe tomorrow, Ben, I had an idea. You know, your mind's always thinking, and I'm always thinking, how can I bump up the value of this product? And I had some problems online where someone hacked into my michaelsinoff.com site, a phishing scam. You know those eBay phishing yeah. scams? All right, so there was a phishing scam going on on my michaelsinoff.com site. I started getting emails from people saying, hey, what's this? You're trying to get my username and password for eBay. I don't have an eBay account. I go, send me the link, and you could see it came from michaelsinoff.com. Now, Nick Gilbert, the host of my site, fortunately, I've got a great relationship with him, and he handles my server and everything, and we got on it right away and took care of it. But it just made me think how vulnerable owners of servers, people who are running websites, and there's a lot of vulnerabilities that people can take down your sites and really destroy your business. So I go, why don't we do an interview and add value to this guerrilla internet marketing course that we put together, and let's come up with 15 internet security blunders that most people are making and how to avoid them. And Oh, man, you should see the stuff that we have on this. It is amazing. It's all about how hackers can destroy your site and how you can protect yourself. You just simply won't find information like this anywhere. And this is extremely valuable information that I had to dig out of him because he is so knowledgeable about all this hacker stuff and Internet security, and that's valuable stuff. And we're going to add that to the product. So you're always going to be thinking about how can we increase the value of the product. The more you talk, the more you make. The more audio you have, the more transcripts you have, the more you can sell your product for. So you should always be growing your products or at least thinking about how can I increase the value of this product by doing another audio interview. If you just dedicated yourself to nailing out a product and that's all you did, you could do 10 or 15 hours of audio interviews in a week and you can have a full-on product. I have a lot of other things going, so you just want to pace yourself and if you really needed to get a product out, you could do it within a week, a full-on product. If you have other things going, you just got to schedule it. You know, when you were talking about that, you hear these $7 reports going on. Well, you could probably do that with every interview you do while you're 
building your product. Sell the first one while you're building the rest of it, maybe. And every time you do a new one, sell it by itself, and you fit it all together into one big course later. But you've been making money the whole time. You could do that. You know, as you're building your product, you could sell it. You could give it away free. You could have a little advertisement at the end of each interview that directs them to a call to action. For more information, go here. Direct them to a sales letter. It's all about packaging. You know, it's just like I have 117 hours of audio interviews on my site. You'll know. Notice that I've started packaging them. I've gone through the ones and I've created categories. So, for instance, I have a category called Fast Cash Audio Interview Series, where there are interviews on how anyone can listen to one of these interviews and go out and make $100 a day. So, for instance, there's an interview with a window washer. I get specific information, and we do three-way calls where we go get window washing accounts just on the phone. You'll hear us do it live that anyone can do if they're really motivated. And it doesn't take a lot of money to get started. There's an interview with a guy who does a cleaning business where you can start your own cleaning business just by using your phone, getting other people to do everything for you. Interview with a guy who is in the lawn care business. These are kind of labor-intensive things, but if someone needed to make some fast cash, we interviewed him on how to make money cutting yards, how to make money cleaning gutters, and how to make money delivering mulch. There's two or three interviews on how to install door viewers where you take your drill, you know, the little peepholes in the door, where you can go around and provide that as a service, knock on doors. So that's a category. I've got a whole category of audio interviews where I've taken all my interviews related to sales and sales training. I've got an interview with Tom Hopkins. I've got an interview with a master sales trainer out of Australia. So now I'm creating categories in packaging my audio interviews, and they could be packaged a thousand different ways. In this interview, Ben, we're talking about a lot of different things. We could market or package this interview and gear it towards copywriters on how to do better research using audio interviews for your copywriting clients. But we could also take the same interview, and you can include it with a package of interviews for information marketing publishers, people who create information products. Each one of your interviews is very flexible. It's all in the headline and the description of how you position the audio interview so it can be repackaged. I could take one interview and package it for five or six different products. Does that make sense? Yeah. The number of things you can do with this is unlimited. It's endless. And it's easier and faster than writing it all out. That's the bottom line. Writing is painful. It's hard work. And that's one of the reasons the transcripts help so much. All your research as far as the product is concerned is in there. Well, for copywriters, and you know this, you're a copywriter for a long time. There was copywriting before you used audio interviews to write copy, and there's copywriting after you started using audio interviews to write your copy. You tell me from a copywriter's standpoint, which one do you feel is more effective, better research, and easier to do? The interviews cut the time in half, easily, if not more than that. And the effort. I mean, most of those camel letters, 90% that first interview that you did, you know, and just repositioning all the words and the concepts. But it's all done. It's all in there usually. I'm not the first person doing this, and you're not the first copywriter using audio interviews. Eugene Schwartz in Boardroom, this is exactly what he did with Marty Elston. He interviewed him. They met in person. He sat back, and he shut his mouth, and Eugene Schwartz listened to the dreams and the ideas of Marty Elston, and he just took notes. And then he just asked the right questions. He asked the right questions, and that was 90% of his letter, his words. You know, copywriters need to be better listeners. They just need to listen when they're doing their research, and they need to use those exact same words in their sales letter. But they also need to use their copywriting skills and the headlines to create the transitions and everything. But any copywriter listening 
hiring someone to interview their subject would be extremely valuable in the form of saving time in getting better quality research. You need someone who really knows how to ask questions or the copywriter themselves should really dig deep and do audio interviews. More so by phone using audio in an interview process one-to-one rather than just writing questions down and submitting them through email because you're able to dig deeper when you're on the phone with them one-on-one. Oh, they will not answer anything in an email. I mean, most people don't want to write. Right, and I don't blame them. you got to make it easy for them. You're right. you got to sit on there and ask them, and you got to dig it out. This is why I don't like email interviews. I mm-hmm. mean, you've seen those before. Well, I'm going to email this guy some questions. He'll send me back the answer, but you're not going to get the kind of detailed answer and the right answer. No, because it's hard. No one wants to work. It's not hard to talk. That's what makes it all work. It's not hard to talk. Everyone can talk, and everyone's got ideas they want to share, and everyone wants to talk about themselves. And if you're the guy who's a good listener and willing to listen, they'll tell you everything you want to hear. They'll tell you for free. Yeah, I'm thinking about that scooter port that we did. I mean, he interviewed the guy for about an hour at the most, and that was the whole letter. I didn't have to, like, go research anything. It was all there. Right. It made your job a lot easier. If I said, hey, Ben, you want to do a copywriting project? Here's this guy's name, Buck Gladden. He's got this invention. Here's the link right here. You can go to his site and go ahead and whip up a sales letter. Yeah, that would have been very hard. You'd say, hell no. That wouldn't even have worked because you were getting those stories out of him. You got the genesis of how it even started in his mind and who it was helping. I'll just tell a quick story. This is a story. You and I had an idea. Let's sell a high-ticket product. I found a guy with an invention on eBay. He was selling this thing called the scooter port, and it was a little kind of like a kickstand for a kick scooter. You know, the little razor scooters where you put the front wheel in this little plastic device, and it holds the scooter upright. So normally these razor scooters don't have kickstands. They're laying all over the place. So he developed this thing with a plastic injection mold, and he had sales into some of the big catalogs like Frontgate and QVC, and he was selling the business on eBay. And so I contacted him and I asked if we could help sell him the business. And then you and I were going to create a sales letter and we were going to sell it using a sales letter and using audio interviews to promote and sell this business. And so you agreed. I called him up and I did an intensive interview and then I gave you that interview and that's how you created the sales letter. Yeah, there was very little outside research. I think I had two questions or something, and that was it. It was a great example of another way you can use audio to sell something, just like every copywriter knows. You can use a sales letter to sell anything, from BMWs to Rolls Royces to million-dollar mansions. Well, you can use audio to do the same thing, probably just as effectively, maybe even better. Marry the two mediums, and you've got an extremely powerful setup there. For anyone who would like to see the actual sales letter that I wrote for this invention directly from the audio interview that Michael did with the guy who invented that scooter port, I'll show you where to get it at the end of this interview. Yeah, now let's talk about that for online marketers, something I just started doing and it didn't even dawn on me. You know, I've got all kinds of sales letters all over my website. Well, now I'm actually reading the sales letters into a digital audio recording and offering the download. I say, if you don't have time to read this sales letter here, download the MP3 file of the word-for-word sales letter. You know, the whole idea of your sales letter, if you can get it opened and you can get it read, you've got a better chance of selling what you're selling. But a lot of people don't have time online. They're at work, the phone rings, they get distracted. But if I can give them the option to download the word-for-word sales letter in the form of an MP3 file, they can take it home and put it on their iPod and listen to it on the way home or burn a CD real quick and put it in their car. So I've increased my chances of getting in their mind, getting my sales pitch in their head by offering a downloadable audio. 
Well, if you think about it, selling by voice is way more powerful than by reading it. Right. And you're just adding that extra layer of persuasion. Yeah, there's definitely another dimension when you're selling by voice compared to paper. Absolutely. Now, um, I want to shift into some more of the technicals. We've talked a lot about what you can do with these things and all that, but I wanted to get down to the nitty-gritty here as far as how you actually start preparing to do these interviews, whether you're creating a sales letter-type interview or a product. First of all, now, do you outline what you say? Do you ask the questions first, or do you just kind of wing it to do these things? You know, when I first started, I used to wing it. If I said to any of your copywriters listening to write a letter and ask them if they just wing it or do they prepare before they write the sales letter, obviously preparing and doing your research is the most important thing. Now, it depends on the type of interview I do, and there's different formats of interviews that your listeners or anyone interested in creating audio information products can do. If you have a list of customers, by far the easiest and one of the most powerful ways is simply by asking your customers to submit questions. So anyone on my list has probably seen an email that says, I'll be interviewing Vic Conant, CEO of Nightingale Conant, and this is your time to ask him questions. All questions will be answered, and I'll be doing the interview this Tuesday. So go ahead and reply to this email. Ask as many questions as you want about Nightingale Conant, about how to create winning audio information products, what have you. And I'll submit that to my list, and I'll get dozens, sometimes, over a hundred questions from my subscribers and then I know that I'm going to give my listeners exactly what they want to know so I'll take those questions I'll remove the duplicates and I'll kind of prioritize them the best most compelling questions I'll put in the front so I'll go through those questions and I'll list them and I'll get rid of the duplicates and I'll organize them in a way that's going to be great for the interview and this from an interviewing standpoint is cake this is easy because my customers have already done all the work and I know I'm going to be delivering exactly what they want to know. So it's a question and answer style interview. And so when I call Vic Conant, I don't have to dream up anything. I say, Vic, how you doing? Are you ready to get into it? I've got questions submitted from my listeners at Hard to Find Seminars. And the first question is from Ben Settle, who's a copywriter, and he wants to know, and I read your question. And then I listen for his answer. Now, when he gives the answer, a good interviewer will really be listening, and I can dig even deeper. And I can say, well, why is that? Or if he talks about a certain aspect in the answer to the question. I can go off on a tangent. So once I get the ball rolling, I can keep expanding on that question. It's just like when a copywriter starts writing. Once he starts writing, he can get into a mode where he never stops. You know what I'm saying? You've been doing that right now. I've been asking you questions based on other questions that I wasn't even intending on asking you. So that's a perfect That's right. You're the interviewer. You're doing the interview. This is a little different because I'm the guy being interviewed. I'm usually the guy giving the interview. And it's much easier being where you are than the guy answering the questions. That's also what's great. I'm right now positioned as an expert, and it's a lot harder on me than it is on you, Ben. I'd rather not be the expert and just be the guy asking the questions and just get all that free marketing benefit. You all the money from the expert without doing any of the work, really. That's right. I don't know anything. And that's probably the best way to do it, because if you're amazed or astonished by something you didn't know, it's just going to come across. I mean, you've been saying things I had no idea you were doing. Like, whoa, I didn't know you were reading sales letters into the MP3 and all that. That's a great idea. So that question and answer interview style is the easiest in just one format. Now, there's another interview style where... 
I'll give you an example. I just did a two-hour, it's like a mini-seminar interview with a guy named Paul McCord. And he has a best-selling book called Million Dollar Referrals. It's all over Amazon. And I was referred to him, and I approached him to do an interview to promote him. I negotiated a 50% kind of like affiliate deal where I would do the interview, and I would start creating some audio interviews around his expertise, similar to what I've been doing in the past, based on referral marketing. And he has a high-end referral coaching program, which is multiple thousands of dollars per year, which is what my intentions are to promote. Now, in that interview, there was a lot more preparation, but I'm going to show your listeners how easy that is to do, especially with Amazon. So the first thing I did was I went to his website, and he's got a great website. He's got question and answers, so I could take those question and answers where he's answering the most common questions that he believes visitors who come to his website who want to know about referral marketing need to know. So I'll look at his questions, and I'll start reformatting his questions for my interview. I'll look at the products that he has. So he has a couple audio products that he sells. He has a book, which we'll talk about in a second. But first, I'll look at his products that he's selling. I'll look at the headlines he has in the descriptions with all the bullets. So I can form more questions from those bullets of the descriptions of the products he's selling on his website. Then we have his book. I go over to Amazon. I search for the book. Amazon allows you to look inside the book, and you can look at the table of contents. Now, you better believe when someone produces a book, they put a lot of time and a lot of thought into creating that table of contents. And now I have additional content for more questions as an outline for my interview. And so what I'll do is I'll print out that table of contents and I can reformat more questions for my interview. Then I'll look in the index in Amazon.com. You can usually see the index, and that's in the very back of the book, and there's even more detailed stuff. So I'll look through the index, and I'll try and find, kind of like when you're writing copy, you want to look for hooks and bullets. You want to look for really cool stuff you can talk about, and I'll jot that down and include that in my list. If I wanted to do additional research, I may Google referral marketing. I may look at other people who are marketing and selling information products based on referral marketing, and I'll look at their sales letters. I'll look at their bullets. So it's not hard to do the research on the internet to find plenty of content of people who have already done the research before you and to put that in the form of questions for your specific interview and start with that. So you're never going to be drawing a blank. You have plenty of questions to draw from on the interview. And another thing that's really important, and you and I talked about this recently, is stories sell. And I now make it a point before I do the interview, so with Paul McCord, I said, Paul, this is what I need you to do to prepare for the interview. I want you to think back and write down 10 case studies, 10 stories of students that you've worked with for your referral coaching. And in the interview, we're going to interject these stories all through the interview. So stories sell. People like to listen to stories. And this worked really well in the case of the Paul McCord interview because we picked five cases studies to include in the interview. And what I found when I was doing this interview with them, we started off with stories from the very beginning. And it was kind of cool because I positioned him as an expert. But when I said, Paul, can you tell me a case study of some stories of people you know or have worked with who have really increased their income using referral marketing or using referrals? And so he goes into the story about some of his clients. So he's talking about another guy who used referrals to increase his business. So it's almost two people away. So I'm listening to the story. He's listening to the story. The listeners are listening to a story about someone else in the interview. 
And then as he's telling the stories, I had all these additional questions in my research with all the bullets, but I found that in the story, I was already answering the questions from the bullet and all the research that I found from his site. So as I asked more questions about that story, and by the time we got through all five of his case studies and all of his stories, I was able to get through most of the content in the questions that I already had prepared for that interview. Does that make sense? Yeah, it just cuts your workload down even more at that point. You just want to be prepared and never run out of anything. If you've prepared and you've read through your questions and you've done your research, generally you don't really have to look at them. Like then before we were doing this interview, I prepared answers for your questions, but honestly I haven't even looked at it. But it's like a just-in-case, you know? It's just-in-case because I don't want to leave anything out and I want to give your listeners as much value as possible. You just talked about getting people to reveal stories and that can carry the interview, but some people are a little reserved. Maybe they're a little introverted. I don't know. I guess everybody's different. But some people, you really have to kind of dig those stories out. What do you do when you are interviewing someone who's kind of quiet? It's kind of hard to get them to elaborate on anything. If you are interested in my audio marketing secrets special product, please go to hardtofindseminars.com forward slash capital A. M-S dot H-T-M. That's hardtofindseminars.com forward slash all capitals A-M-S dot H-T-M. There you'll see a special offer for listeners of this interview. Please continue to part two. You're listening to an exclusive interview found on Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com.